0: To The Approach, Jeremy Seaholm, Danny Finn. So, welcome to The Approach, podcast number 30 ish.
1: So, you're not counting? I, I totally, There's I totally. No WrestleMania sure. trivia going on anymore? Uh, I
0: think we're on 38. Maybe, I actually, this might be 39. I have no idea. Or 36. I'll
1: um, go back and count.
0: You just have to go on Anchor. Fine. <laughs> I'm
1: Jeremy. I'm Dan. Who do we have today? Today we have Brian Fournier coming into the studio.
2: What's Up, guys, what's going on? Nothing much, you know. If you had stop in, I was hoping I'd be, you know, number 40, you know, so I'd be an even number. But... You, might, you might be 40 <laughs> for all we
1: know. It's all, it's all a guess at this point, I'd have to go back and count. So, uh, we want to welcome you on the show. Now, obviously, the three of us have worked together for a long time before somebody bailed on us, Jeremy, and
0: such a jerk.
1: <laughs> but you know, you were bowling before then, you worked at a bowling alley before then, so I want to get some backstories on that as well. Now, did you, uh, Um. did you grow up working at a bowling, or no, I'm sorry, bowling, like, uh, kids' league or anything like that?
2: No, I didn't do a kids' league at all, actually. Um, I basically just would go every Sunday with my parents. They bowled in a couples' league at uh, Granada Lanes in Um, Moulton.
1: Were they competitive, or?
2: My dad was pretty good. My dad averaged, like, 109, 110. Um, My mom, no. She just kind of went for the fun, just for the hell of it. My dad bowled multiple leagues, and... And everything, uh, but we would go every Sunday. I would go there with them, ironically uh, me and uh, Frank's family. Frank's, Frank's yeah. uh, mom and dad bowled there as well. Frank DeLuca, <laughs> so we would always be there every week because my mom and his mom were best friends, and we just kind of you know, we'd go play games in the arcade. And then when they were done bowling, we'd throw a few balls, stuff like that.
1: And so, who was the better bowler, you or Frank?
2: Still undetermined <laughs> <laughs> still trying to that for idea. a while, you know, for a while, I had an edge on him, for a while, he's had an edge on yeah. me, and so just kind of. We've kind of been pretty equal in terms of stuff. Frank's bowling better than I am now right. over the last few years, but you know, I had my time where I would kind of <laughs> carry away from him for a little while. He also took a little bit of a step back from the game too when he went to college and stuff, so I had a little bit more experience by the time he started doing... Thanks. <laughs> so,
1: so since you weren't bowling, you know, competitively in, the, in a kids league at a young age, at what age did you feel like you started, you know, taking this game a little bit more seriously?
2: I, mean, I felt like I always took the game seriously. Well, as far as like bowling and league, um, I joined my first league at thirteen. It Was an adult league. Just uh, it was Wednesday nights. It was a Wednesday night league. Just men's league. It was like like 8 or 9 o'clock at night it started I don't know how my parents allowed me to do that because we didn't get to
1: talk say I to feel like. that's way past your bedtime great for 13 30. I was like well it's great for Thursday went well, Brian did you do your homework no but I bowled a 400 last night
2: I wasn't that good then I averaged okay. around my first league I averaged around 89 to
1: 91 um, okay so we've had so many people on the podcast they're like at 13 I wasn't that good I was only averaging like 107 I'm like god damn it so I was actually happy to hear a uh, number in the double digits
2: uh, <laughs> Kind of, uh, you know, for the first two years, I would say, until I was about 15. 15, I took a, that's when I started taking my jump. I went from 91 to, like, 101, and then the year after that, I went from 101 to 109. And and what house was this at? This was all in a, uh, Malden and Granada. Um, I would say Granada Lanes taught me how to bowl. Yeah. That was the toughest house I've ever bowled at. Upstairs in um, Granada was just a dungeon. Really? Like, 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 worse, worse than, like, Stoneham, was it Stoneham or Stoneham? Right. I do not uh, I didn't bowl at either one of those. I bowled in Wakefield. I bowled in Norwood. I, I always thought like, was it was at the Stoughton House of Pain or Candlefin, something like that. Yeah. that yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah. Candlestone is what they call it. <laughs> North oh, R- Candlewood. <laughs> North R- oh, Candlewood <laughs> North Riding. Um, and and in comparison, is probably close to how Candlewood was towards its end of its life. Super tough, but it taught you how to hit your splits. It was, yeah. you know, you you had to learn to, to pin your spread eagles and yeah. <laughs> make your shots there because it was, it was just that bad. Like, I would say it was at least a six to seven-pin average difference between there and going to um, Ryan's and Maldon.
1: It's funny. Like, I just bowled um, that amateur tournament up at uh, spare time, and, you know, I was trying something. Uh, Bob Brown had actually watched me bowl, and he was saying to try more left to right here. I was doing left to right there, and all I, I kept uh, leaving weird splits. I went 99-99 back to back, went right to left, and all of a sudden started going. It's kind of funny how different houses react differently based on where your ball's coming in from?
2: Yeah, I mean, the tough thing is I try to throw the same ball every house now. Baker kind of, John Baker gave me that advice. Yeah. You know, it was just, I came off throwing a 420 and lucky lucky strike by only 400 on the Friday. Probably. <laughs> well, actually, no, probably, my, I mean, it was my second or third. I know I, a, I know I had one at Metro, but, and I just came off, I was like, ah, I wish we could do that every week. He's like, you just got to throw the same ball. He don't change anything, you know? Don't. Yeah. And i kind of like, oh, you know, it's not a bad idea. Instead of squirming around, trying to move to the left. A, now I do it all the time is the problem. It's in don't my head, around. But, I mean, that's the thing. If you look at all those,
0: those top guys, like, you don't see them. Changing one side to the other, yeah. you know, to each house. Although then you got Holbrook who said, "Oh, here we maybe go from right to left now, all of a sudden." Yeah. But he still does. He never. He hasn't changed since. Well, didn't Daly say he's
1: back to going the other way now, going right to left? Uh, is he? I thought. I think he's. He said
2: such a straight ball that I don't know. Yeah. I watch him a lot too because we bowl at home sometimes together. like you know our sunny side team and their Sunday teams at home on Fridays a lot, so I see him quite a bit, but. Yeah, I don't know. I think he still throws pretty much the same. I don't. <laughs> it could be a board, a board or so adjustment for all I know. But yeah. I mean, he's tearing it up anyway. So.
1: So is that what you, do you try to do? That keeping uh, everything consistent.
2: Trying to now. Um, Said so I've been trying to get back to my old self from a few years ago, from really five years ago. It's gonna take some work, but.
1: Yeah. Well, of course, we you know, and we can get into that. Um later as well as we kind of go through it. So you said, you know, 15, 16, you started averaging about 101, 102. Yep,
2: and then by, I would say, like, 17, I was up to 112-ish, 113. Just kind of, like, everything clicked. Yeah. You know, everything went, all of a sudden I had a year, couple-year gap where it was just like, hey, you got to go up 10 pins, 10 pins.
1: <laughs> now, do you, do you wish you bowled in a kids' league at that age? Because 112, you know, in a kid not that it would dominate, but, I mean, you would have kind of come up with the a decent group I would assume
2: I don't know like I always felt uh, maybe it's just my pride I always wanted to bowl competitively right from the go. Yeah. not to say that there's not good um, you know obviously there were great kids that were pros and stuff too but I, to me I didn't realize that when I was that little yeah. when I was that young because I didn't really wasn't around that type of game I, you know I didn't really know both kids leagues and stuff so yeah. I just bowl competitively on my own and stuff um, I don't I mean I don't know if I generally think I missed out but it would have been kind of interesting going up with some of those guys because I mean I bowl with a lot of them now. Mm-hmm. I'm like hey, you know, I never noticed. All of a sudden they're like, "Who are you?" Like yeah. you weren't <laughs> at
1: states with just us. Just like
2: you know, kind of self-taught type thing because you know my dad had such a hook. Yeah. That. It just like he he bowled ten pin beforehand, so he has that big ten pin hook when he bowled. Right. And so it was like him trying to teach me was just it just didn't work. <laughs>
1: so. um, did you now when you were averaging like that, you know, one hundred one, one hundred two uh, under eighteen? Were any of the adults kind of frustrated that they were losing to a kid?
2: Some were. Um, <laughs> the Wednesday league, there were a bunch of old guys that were just kind of a pain in the ass and things <laughs> like that. Unfortunately, <laughs> they were just kind of like, who's this? You know, because they had to vote me in because yeah. didn't want, you know, they, at the time it was only 18, you know, they wanted 18 or older, and um, luckily I had, my, you know, my father obviously voted for me to stay in, and then uh, there were a couple guys, actually, I, um, I rocked my barber bowl in that league, um, and him and his friends voted me to in as well, so it was kind of like, I felt like I had something to prove there, yeah. so it was like, I was kind of happy to average over 90 in that league, because it was better than... <laughs> Probably 40% or 50% of that league.
1: (laughs) I've always wondered that. Like, there's a couple leagues that I know, even with the 105 average, that I could jump in here and be the top bowler. And I've wondered if that would be better for my game just to kind of like feel like I was the top bowler, or would it actually kind of. I I think it would hurt you. To be
2: honest. So, I started. I joined the league at Wayne's Games. Um, It was make your own team, and it was only like. 70% 70% handicap or something. Yeah. I'm really like, this is make your own team. Like, you guys sure? Like, you know, cause I went in and I, I went in with me. My father was, you know, I'm averaging like one fourteen, uh, 115 at the point. My father's averaging one Oh seven, one Oh eight. And then I got, and it was, you have to have two guys, two women. And then I got, um, this lady Debbie that ran our Tuesday league. She was like 96. And then her friend, Amy, uh, Amy fail. I don't know if anyone knows Doug fail or not. I used to, uh, pro Proceed it's his wife, um She was averaging 102, 103. we came in and I mean, we just like the highest average in that league was like 110. So I walked in just knowing I was taking average. And this guy was, this guy had never lost average in that in that league for like the last 10 years.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, his name was Dave Something. I cannot remember. He never really bowled pro or anything beyond that. Like he just kind of bowled Sundays. But I just remember walking into that league and I just remember everyone just not liking us. Yeah. Because it was kind of like we just walked in, kind of ran rampant on the league. I was like, well, let your own fall for doing a 70 percent handicap. <laughs> let us make your own team type. It's, it's it's kind of like when a
0: certain group of people decided to join a fundraiser. (laughs) and it was make your own team. Oh, we dominated, it was trash, it was fantastic.
2: (laughs) Well uh, well, that's, yeah, that's worse too, I (laughs) guess. Oh, we won won
1: the trophy, that was fantastic, yeah. Melis Rec, we
0: still got your trophy. And also, also, just, sorry to cut you off, notice they haven't had the tournament since. (laughs) Yeah, no, they have not, they have not.
1: Um, You know, but it's
0: funny though, how some
1: people take that as, you know, and and I was actually telling the story recently about somebody else, and and both of you guys know, and hopefully some of the people listening know this person as well, but you talk about somebody dominates a league, and then all of a sudden somebody comes in and takes away their high average, and all of a sudden they were a big fish in a little pond, and now that water has some bigger fish in it. I think of a guy like Mike Cassidy. Mike Cassidy bowls um, on our Sunday Night League here, and for the longest time, he was the best bowler in that league by 20 pins. Now, as some people know, he was a competitive bowler. He was on Channel 5 once or twice, I think. Twice. Twice. And... um, you know, unfortunately, work schedules changed. He couldn't bowl competitively anymore, and he couldn't bowl in the leagues where he would probably be more matched up with people his, his level. Well, on Sunday night, we needed a sub. We brought in Chris Parkinson. And Mike's warming up. Chris throws a few balls. And Mike looks over at him and looks over at me. and goes, hey, Danny what does that guy average? I said, I don't know, about 118, 119. And Mike goes, oh, the biggest smile. Of ever Like, I think he was so pumped to bowl against somebody, kind of like yeah. more his speed. Instead of, you know, immediately showing his accolades and all back in the day, he just, he thrived on that ability to be like, now I get to push myself against somebody that I know is going to push me. Yeah. So. I
2: completely agree with that. Like, that, that... Uh, I was, I'm sorry. That Sunday league that I bowled and just you, you know walking in, thinking I would take average and I did, but I mean I didn't bowl as well as I thought I would. Have. Yeah. I'm like, walking in with a 114. I was up and uh, every year I'd raise my average at this point, and I think I went down to like 112. But I still was right. easily walking. I mean two pins an average over, over the course of a year is really like three or four hundred pins ahead of that guy. So it's like it wasn't like it was close, but it was just like one of those things where I didn't have anyone pushing me, so it was right. like you walk in and you just kind of, especially even as a team we were we didn't really have anyone pushing us, so it's kind of like.
1: It is, I remember we also, we <laughs> interviewed, um, I hope I don't mess up, Jenna Ward, the one, the states, uh, main states for, for girls, was that, or the ICBA, I'm sorry, and states, ICBA, and, yeah. and she won everything, but um, she doesn't have a lot of girls that sound like her age that are really pushing her, but the, what keeps her inspired is she looks at like the Amanda Carrolls and the Shannon Scribners and people like that, and that's what's pushing her to be better, but even when we had Janet Park on, when she was one of the top females, and I think she won a league where she was the best bowler by five, six pins, it's like, what keeps you inspired to keep throwing those big games and, and stay, stay ahead? I can say that kind of being a, a difficult thing. So you beat up on a bunch of 1-0 bowlers. Congratulations, Brian. Um, <laughs> the, I don't know what the exact orders. I know you bowled in Worlds. I know you you worked in mold Which one came first in that one? So
2: um so really Friday Pro came before working. Okay. Um it we had a speed we had a uh, Wednesday speed league. That was probably our competitive what I would say is our comp- like our biggest competitive league. We mm-hmm. had you know, always had really good top bowlers, like Dave Hodge was bowling in as prime, he was, he, you know, at he'd come in, he'd average like 127, 128, you know, um, and it was kind of funny, he was the one that drove me on Wednesdays, like, he was my competition, because yeah. I was walked he had a in, great stretch. and I was walked in, and I'm like, you know, because at that time, I didn't really know much, I didn't know much about these guys, like, because I was just bowling, like I said, I came off not one kid's league, yeah. like I didn't know really much about the pro scene, and. You know Dave Hodge would walk in and you know he'd have that attitude, like, I'm you know, I'm one of the best bowlers, obviously. And he was, and he still is. Like, I could yeah. you know, he can turn it on at eight points still. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was sat there, I was like, him walking in and thinking he's gonna own this house. And I'm like, no, no, no I, I own this right? house. <laughs> like, this is where I bowl out of. Like, and it was funny because, like, for a while it was like, all right, like, I always want, I like, just couldn't wait to bowl him and I wanted yeah. to bowl against him for the most part. Maldon and I had a good record against him. Like, I was, I always seem to put my best last five against him, and that was like I said. He pushed me to be, to get to that 119, 120 level on Wednesdays. And um, what kind of put it over the edge was I, um, Mark Ricci in that league and threw a, uh, uh, um, a 719 high series. And the guy behind the counter starts, yeah, uh, starts going, oh, he goes, well, that's probably the highest series here. It'll never be beaten, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, I'm going to beat that. Yeah. And... and Three weeks later, I threw a 721. So you've thrown a 700. I've thrown four or five. <laughs> Sorry, Jeremy. Did you say four or five? But four or five. I don't See, know.
0: If, <laughs> I, I think I he's think at the
1: stage five. where he lost count. Yeah, he's in, he's in Dave Chester Cove territory where you, ah, you get so many, you lose count. So to Brian has four or five. How many more is that than you have, Jeremy?
0: Four or five.
2: It's one or so the other. one or the other. Thing.
1: You had to so. know that was coming. <laughs>
2: I 100. percent In the long run, that 721 is what got me involved in the pro league. Um, at the time, one of the captains of the pro league, I was I was actually I was bowling against this team. Um, it was uh, Aaron Souza senior. Um, I know he's passed away since, so yep. it sucks. But I know he had his own issues and stuff. Um, but um, so he saw, you know he basically was like oh shit you know he bowled 721. Yeah. <laughs> um, Do you want to bowl Friday? And I was like. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, absolutely. absolutely. Like, I didn't really know much about it, and that was out of CPL. That was kind of my first introduction into all the pro stuff.
1: So it was on your first team.
2: Um, so it was me, Aaron Souza Sr.,
1: um, You have to forget one. Tony
2: little... Tony, Tony Iannuzzi, Triple T, Chris Galuccio, and Dave Chesterpilth. Oh, you got it. Galluccio. Um okay team. Yeah. Um... We didn't make the playoffs that year, we, we competed. Um, we had some internal issues, stuff like that, so we had some lineup swaps. Uh, Mike Legender ended up subbing for us for a while. What year was um, this? Ish. Yes. i trying to think, so my father passed in 09. 07? Seven. 2007 was probably my first, I think it was my first year, because I was either '07 or 08, and then, because uh, I was still bowling with them when my dad passed, so I know he passed in 09, so it's like like, um, but I, I was still bowling for them. Um, it was like I said, we, we, were, we were battling the other Central Park team for a playoff spot. And that's all you could really ask yeah. in that league. If you get a shot at the playoffs, that's great. You know, um, They edged us out, they were the better team. I <laughs> <laughs> bowled with them for a few years, and then uh, Aaron kind of changed the team around, and I took a few years off from that. Um, and then I kind of started work. I worked a year at Lanes and Games during that period of not bowling um, Friday Pro. So I joined a league out there on Fridays, and I was kind of almost done bowling pro stuff at that point. Like, they had kinda, like that experience with CPL was good for me, but personally, like personally, like it just wasn't fun. Mm-hmm. So I kind of was like, I don't know if I want to go back to this. And then ironically, I owe Rich Lamone the reason I stuck in there and stayed with all the pro stuff. Um, he ended up putting a team together for us on Fridays. That was a lot more fun. We didn't do very well the first year, but that didn't matter to me. I was having fun for once on Fridays. Was, it, was that the Malden team? <laughs> we were out of CP. Uh, we were out of Candlewood first, and then our last, the last two years, Malden was open. We moved to Malden, and that's when I had my. That was peak of my career. <laughs> that's when I really started to light it up on Fridays. I averaged. I was averaging around 120 for the for the two years in Malden. Um, I finished one year. Where I averaged 120 at home and 120 on the road. Which was my great I, I thought that was my really good accomplishment. That was like, hey, it's not just bowling, great out of one house. I bowled great everywhere. So Um Yeah, that was a that was a, it was it was on was Scaly on your team? Scally was on our team for one year. We were about three years over there. I think we were three years of Malden. He was on our team the first year. It was me, Scally, Frank DeLuca, Jay Shiner, and Rich. Um and then the year after we changed I'm sorry, we, uh Year after we changed, we had Scally out, and then we added uh, Triple T. And uh, that's where we had our really good year. Frank got hurt. We had a sub for most of the year. Yeah, because I think the year, the, the time I bowled you guys, I don't, I don't think. Um... No, you, you, we were. Well, you bowled us when Scally was. Right. On the team. Yeah, because I thought I'd... we were battling for a playoff spot when that's we bowled true. you guys. That's right. So I remember yelling, being like, "Who is this guy?" I was like, "I don't know who this guy is," and he's kicking our butt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was such like a random thing. That <laughs> Nuzzle like randomly send me like a text. He's like, "Hey, can you sub this Friday night?" Uh, maybe. Where are we where are we bowling? Rockies.
2: Uh. <laughs> I, mean, I wish you had. <laughs> you know, I mean, he, only, he only went 380 against us. <laughs> I was literally like, who was it? Like, it was one of those teams, like, at that point, no offense to Nazo's team or anything, they were just one of the teams that you were expected to beat at that point if you were a playoff-bound team. So I walked in, and I'm like, all right, guys, we got to take this seriously. This is a team we need to beat, and we should beat. And... All of a sudden, this Jerry comes out, just fired out of the gate, and I'm just like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and I think we took two on that night. It was a real disappointing night, but it was also a very good learning night for us. Like, we did end up making the playoffs that year, but it was a very good learning night to everyone else. Like I knew, like, because of my experience in the league at that point, I bowled five years in the league at that point, I knew that every point mattered, and we can't underestimate teams couple of us on our team didn't realize that Mm -hmm. and it really hurt us that night and then it was but it was a wake-up call the rest of the year we didn't take anyone for like lightly and it just kind of was like all right we gotta focus and be on our game and luckily we edged into the playoffs by two points but
1: (laughs) it's almost two points you robbed them of
0: I was about to say that was the two points
2: we lost (laughs) terrible.
1: (laughs) so so was it after that you started working at Malden
2: yeah so um I was working for Newberry Comics in their warehouse, and it was a real crappy job, <laughs>
1: to be honest So don't apply there, kind of... <laughs> so
2: this, this was probably back when they still sold CDs. Yeah, well, actually, so I worked in the department where we did used, uh, we called our, our, department was called triage, and it was, we just kind of basically, we we cleaned all the used stuff, got it out there to sell, and that was fine. That, like, the people that I worked with in that department were great and whatever, um, when I started working in Malden, like Great um, Newberry Comics had transitioned where they got rid of the that department and they kind of merged it with another department, and it was just terrible at that point. <laughs> it needed a change. And i have been asking for years to work there. Like, yeah, you because know, I mean, I grew up there. I mean, I've been going there since I was literally probably two years old. <laughs> and uh, I've been asking, 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 and then finally, um, John Connors, the mechanic there, and one of the full-timers, they put in a good word for me, and they just happened to really need another guy. It was only part-time at the time, but it was enough to get me in the door, so that I cut my hours back at Newberry Comics, and then literally, like, a month later, all of a sudden, they were like, yeah, do you want to go full-time? I was like, absolutely. And then I was able to leave Newberry and work full-time in Malden. So how long did how long did you work at uh, Malden for? Three years? The last three years they were open? Um, yeah, about three years, I would say. And then... I met a I met a guy that owned here owned uh, Millis named PJ. He would he did he handled our game stuff there and uh, when Malden closed, uh, I earned enough reputation with him to have him give me a shot down and work in Millis. So I kind of transitioned from the sister company to the main company. <laughs> uh, I mean, like I said, they were kind of really, Ryan's was related in Malden, but not really. Related, related to the other guy I, I feel like we always said like, they're us, but not us. <laughs> None of our gift
1: cards worked over there.
2: Uh, <laughs> no, guys. I have cursed your name so many times. <laughs> where them all, and they come down and they'd be like, we want to use this. And I'd be like, yeah, so we don't take the, but it's the same name and same logo. And I'm like, yeah, but we're really not. <laughs> I, I think that was um, a
0: big reason also why they, they were pretty quick to change the logo here, too. Yeah.
1: Terrible.
0: <laughs> I just remember people being like, "We want to use this gift card." I'm like, "I can't take that." <laughs> but like, you're a Ryan family amusements <laughs> yeah. But like working, working at a bowling alley. Did did you find that helped your game at all? Did you
2: did you practice a lot? <laughs> Ironically, I think it hurt my game. I think just being around it so much at first was a little more. At first, it was like, ha-ha, oh, this is awesome!" Well, you know, you know, like great, like. You know, yeah, I get to practice whenever I want, you know, not whenever I want, but I get to practice for free whenever I want, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, all right. And it was fine until, like, then all of a sudden it was just like, all right, you're working every night they're leagues and you're just constantly around the game. And and it it took a little bit of a toll at first to kind of, when you're around it that much. It can be tiresome. Because you just kind of like... Oh, at some point you're like "Wow, wow, i just saying <laughs> well you know the tough <laughs> thing is is that like you know you sit there trying you sit there and like you want to bowl but yeah, all of a sudden it's like eh, I've already been here five days and I want to be here again that was
0: the <laughs> thing with, with with me at Fairway I mean I bowled every day and then it got to the point where I'm like ah, do I stay and bowl
2: do I want to ah, I was I'd lucky enough that fruit. we were very laid back there because we weren't very busy um, so it didn't Generally, management didn't care if we bowled while we were on the clock as long as there was nothing going on and things were done, um, which is very different from here, obviously, which I understand. Like A
1: little bit more corporate.
2: <laughs> which is fine. Like I said, like, it was just one of those weird, like, so like I kind of got, uh, all of a sudden it was like, all right, I didn't get my experience yeah. without having to be here extra days and, and stuff like that. And then it started to transition into bowling better for a little while. Because I would say the last, like, said, so last two years,
1: Baltimore was open. I was averaging around 120 yeah. um, pro league and, and here. Now, during the, uh, you know, when you were at your peak of bowl, and I remember you would say, and I know, because unfortunately he had passed away, so we're not saying anything negative, you had said that your decline seemed to have started right around the time you took the class for Dan Murphy's
0: <laughs> instruction <laughs>
1: class. Yeah, um, and, and uh, I don't know if that's also a dig of Kate who had a teacher who had to bowl right handed
2: doesn't <laughs>
1: no, no, it nothing to do with the right handed um, for those who don't know when you go to the class so you rethink how you bowl they they want a lefty to teach a right handed bowler how to throw the ball lefty and vice versa and Kate who had never met you before she goes this guy towers over me and I'm like so you want to put the ball in your right hand <laughs> please don't be mad if you throw the ball very hard <laughs>
2: um, that didn't, so it wasn't the, the bowling with the opposite that didn't affect me at all. Yeah. Um, the tough part was is when we had to learn three step to five, from five step to three step. Yeah. And somewhere along then my mechanics got screwed up, and I'm not saying it was his, you know his fault. My it was right. more on me. Like I was stupid and decided, oh let me try this three step approach thing. And somewhere along that line I screwed up my mechanics, and it felt like I've never quite gotten it back since yeah. then. Um, you have like flashes of it, though. Yeah, just- I mean, like occasionally it works, but I'm, I still have that issue with I just can't seem to like get the right forty, not the right forty, but the right spot to stay, to start in and mm-hmm. finish at. Um, I know I can't do three step, like that's out of the question. Do what you, do you four? I think a four or five. I don't I really count. I know three step is was no. not the right way to go, and <laughs> it really screwed up my game for quite a while. And um, I feel like I found something a few weeks, like about a month ago. Whether it's going to work out or not, like I kind of was watching something from when I was bowling really well in uh, 2015, and uh, just having to notice where I was standing compared yeah. to where I, where I was standing.
1: Now you two even you ago. even said that um, you were showing your video to one of the kids that works here, Matt Taylor, yeah. and he said, "Well, I noticed when you bowled in that video, you were doing what was it?" He picked up something that you. So we yeah, you he's can find like, something from anybody.
2: <laughs> he's like, "Wow, you finish more to the right than you do now," and I was like. Look at it! I'm like, "Mm -hmm." watching. I'm like, oh shit! Yeah, I do start to go. I was starting somewhere along the line when I went to three step to five step. I moved left, and my right foot was now starting on the middle arrow down the Mm -hmm. lane, um, whereas it used to be my left foot used to start on that lane.
1: Yeah,
2: on that arrow. And that's a big gap, obviously. Like you're talking, it's at eight to ten boards. Yeah. (laughs) So I mean, so. I ended up trying to, my ball ends up trying to hook more now and it seems flatter. Um, Since I've made that adjustment again now after watching another match that kind of a little bit more mechanical, I could see how I was like approaching. Um, Ball seems less flat. It's just matter of getting the accuracy back,
1: which
2: is still a work (laughs) in progress right now.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think we're all always trying to get a little bit more accurate, except for Jeremy averaging. Congratulations, to Jeremy! I don't know if you heard this.
0: So actually, before you say anything,
1: not, I was
0: I was I was confused because. So before before the begin of beginning of the first match, um, Rob Ficara came out and he goes, "Okay, whoever has high average in the league after this match, uh, they do a mixed doubles thing for the high the two high average men and women, where they, they pair up." And then they bowl each other, so I was like, "Okay, that's pretty cool." So I had that after the first match. Apparently, I thought that that meant I like that was it for like for the year. And then I went out and threw a three twenty seven. So tonight. what number are you now, like thirty dro- seven? I dropped a three. You dropped a third? I dropped.
1: I, yeah, I listening take back my Mac- congratulations. He sucks. Lister,
0: Lister went four zero eight. Second match, big difference. Yeah, kind of a
2: little
0: bit. You, you I know, if, a you, pin for you. I, but like <laughs> I. I I think it was close enough that like even if I went like 360 Lister probably would have passed me yeah um and then Merrill I think went like 350 so it was just enough it was like a hair
1: oh never mind no congratulations for no it's better off I think you did that as strategy so you didn't have to draft last <laughs> right yeah, so does does,
0: does that yeah. help my uh, hour on the bear average I'm down to a 122 no 430
1: you, should, you have to sandbag before April 30th that's the <laughs> way it works
0: actually what would have done
1: you good is not bowling one extra week and only having 27 strings when you were averaging 124. <laughs> so take the week off um <laughs> Yeah. You, you took all the weeks off she just didn't take enough weeks off maybe show up late for a string you would have been fine 29 strings you would have been under the cut <laughs> so uh, came over to Milla so you know you did say that your game had kind of been slipped. what types of things are you working on um, now to try to get some of it back
2: just trying to get the strings in from mechanically wise like just to keep that to get the accuracy back yeah um, I've had a chance to really get enough practice in to do that right now but i seeing more flashes of the ball working than not from before. So, hoping that it'll kind of work itself out over the summer and it'll start to show improvement. I gotta stick with it and not get down on myself, no. obviously. Like, that's the hardest thing is to make sure I don't change anything again, just keep throwing the ball the same way, do the same approach. <laughs>
1: now, I know here you basically run Ninety percent of the leagues on the secretary side. I know we kind of all help out, but you're you're the point person for most leagues. Uh, now that somebody had left, and um,
2: this is a video before he left. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, well, Jim, what the hell are you doing? I just get his advice so where I couldn't fix something. <laughs> so, what?
1: Do you have any uh, good league stories that happened at Malden? Because you had some pretty good leagues in that house. So.
2: Wednesday was our baby. <laughs> yeah. Like the summer uh, league, right? Yeah. We had a big Wednesday league um, that originally started with Tony Bentomaro. I don't know if many people know who he is, but um, he had run that Wednesday league for a while, and it was decent money. But it was very top-heavy. Um, it was always guaranteed a 1000 per person to the winner. So I it a few years, won it a couple times. Um, yeah. And then he kind of just started not wanting to do run leagues and stuff. He was running my Tuesday league and our Wednesday league. And he asked me to take over Tuesdays the first one year. And then the year after, he was like, do you want to do Wednesdays, take over Wednesdays in the summer too? I was like, sure. First year, disaster. (laughs) I think I got eight teams, seven teams, something like that. Um, Still fun. Um, I won it with Frank, Frank DeLuca. I won it with him. And then I sat there and I pulled uh, Rich in as well because Rich was doing our treasury work for us, Rich Lamone. And um, like I kind of sat there I was like, All right, guys, we gotta find a way to expand this league. Like this league was way too good back in the day to not, I mean, at one point there was 20 teams of two. So we uh, you know, yeah. Tony was running it. And we, first year I took it over. Now, granted, It had declined up to that point. Like the year before Tony left, it was only like 10 or 12. So I mean it was on its decline. And I sat there and I was like, we gotta figure out something. So me and Frank kind of worked on uh, promoting it on his Alley Chat yep. and,
1: um, and I can't say it enough without Alley Chat I don't think the streaming these podcasts I don't think they happen
2: no they don't they don't 100% they don't he was huge with that like between that and posting on on Facebook stuff like that and just kind of spreading the word through our through the pro guys as well um, that we were doing the Summer Speed League a lot of people liked the house they always liked bowling it all I wouldn't call it like it was fast but it wasn't like too fast mm-hmm. so it was very like you were, gonna, you were hitting your shot, you're going to bowl well. And, um, so we started getting more traction. And then my friend's like, I think we got enough where we can go to three-man teams. And I was like, really? It was yeah. I was like, all right, let's give it a shot. So we were like, all right, we're going to go to three-man teams. And we can have up to, so at that point it was, we could have 20 teams. We had 22 lanes, but we want to save a pair for yeah. breakdown just in case. because
1: You never know. You never
2: know with that situation. And Iraq, we got 60 bowlers. That's awesome. And out of blue. like you know, We went from... From 16 bowlers to 60. <laughs> it was just one of those, like, could have asked for a better better turnout. Um, I feel like nowadays that format just works better. We were giving out 900 a guy for first, and even the last place team was bringing home 100. Um, but we were able to really work the prize fund out and make it a fun, competitive speed league. Like, it was just one of those, like, leagues that just, you, you know... 650 or 660 was taking your high series every week. It was just that many good bowlers in that league. Like the, you know, the, the lowest average in the league was probably 105, and then the highest was like 128, 129. And it was, you know, and I'm sitting there looking at like 120. You know, you're 120. And you're sitting like 17 or 18th on the list of averages. Yeah. Uh, and it was great. Like it was just everybody, everybody had fun in that league. We had. You we know, had Holbrook Bowl in that league, we had you know Criddle in that league, we had Bobby Witt once. Um we just it just like even you know, Rich Holbert Bowled one year with us, which was just kinda like one of those weird like Zappy pulled him out of retirement to, to <laughs> just to come bowl for a year. And, um, just a great group of guys, you know. You know, a few hiccups always in leagues as, right. as, as it always is. Yeah, I mean, it it was, never goes flawlessly. And it was, and the funny thing is, it was a ninety percent handicap league, and nobody was even the high averages were fine with that. I I think it, you do want to
1: have those. I, I like eighty. That's kind of my favorite. Um, but I remember, um, I think it was before you were working here, um, Brian. That we had a, we had merged kind of our competitive league with our not so competitive leagues for the summer, and we just put together a team without. I don't think it was intentional, but the team was Jeremy, myself, Chris Parkinson, and was Michael Gender I think was our fourth.
0: Yeah, it was before he started because. Yeah, was, remember Tuesday was the the ice cream league.
1: That's right, and, and it
0: was like six people that showed up. It was basically like it was like Dolly, Paul Burke, like, all those guys, and then. White would come in and Which bring regulars. <laughs> would would bring in like ice cream.
1: So we so it was an eighty percent handicap. So like I so said, we just put a team in, and you know we won the first string by like seventy or something ridiculous, and then we won the second string by more than fifty. And it got to a point where we couldn't even celebrate when we won. I think we started the season twenty four and zero, and I remember Jeremy walking off the lane and just looks at me and goes, "We should probably go to ninety percent,"
2: like <laughs> because it's
1: not, it, it wasn't like and teams were quitting like mid like after the first two weeks and it just did they? yeah there was a couple of teams that so quit there, there was some of the Thursday I'm not going to say who it was just in case they listen but some of the people from the Thursday night league that we have mixed knots didn't come back like they bowled in the fall but they just they yeah, weren't I, yeah I don't remember
0: that
1: yeah no I'll tell you who it was after you'll remember afterwards but I remember too after people were like oh I didn't mind I was like people were mad and I think that's one of the reasons we kind of split the league till so we have our Tuesday night league and our Wednesday night league yeah
0: well, I mean, um, for both parties, you, right? Yeah, nice. because you know, your competitive guys want to bowl competitively, and like your, you know, your your house guys just they just want to go and have fun. And right. that Wednesday league is is turning into a yeah. pretty good yeah. size.
1: Well, that Thursday night league I was talking about that you know I would be the high average in. That's our biggest league. There's 80 bowlers, yep. four person. Very <laughs> casual, bleed, but yeah. they get they get
2: everyone comes back. They they also all know each other pretty right. much. A lot of them and, know each other,
1: and they like to drink. Um,
2: yes, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Wednesday, I mean, so Like, Wednesday is. When Baldwin closed, we still had 60 bowlers. on last year It was a great kind of "hurrah" type um, type thing because it was it was the summer was when they closed, and we bowled our last week. They bowled them there. We had to cut our league short by a week, I think, yeah. but it was fun. Um, I've now kind of made the Wednesday League over here my baby. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: it's...
2: Went it's <laughs> uh, to the same five, format. And, going from five
1: to three was, I think, a really good idea.
2: Yeah, the, the format definitely helped. We're, I don't it, think we had a choice. We were in the same yeah. boat where everything started to go down. Yeah. And we had to make a change to save the League and... Yeah, you know, when we went to three, we started getting more bowlers. More we're bowlers also, we also have
1: people that are asking, you know, if they can bowl next year. And I, we have we have to try to figure out if we can, like, wedge them in just because we
0: don't yeah. really have the room at this point. Talk to that league before. I'll see
2: if we can get them to start. I know. At
0: we right get, right right we're going to see if we can. <laughs> That's. T-
2: I mean, they already start at 630 as it is. Yeah. If we get them to start at 6, I can I can add three or four more teams. And I have two or three on a waiting list, so I mean, I can add them. So,
1: yeah, see how that goes. So, not to, uh, to discuss a very uh, sensitive topic with a short period of time, because we only have a few minutes, because you are also bowling tonight as well. Um, Christmas Eve was a little bit different for you this year.
2: Very different. Uh,
1: <laughs> I'll let you discuss that one. Um,
2: so, yeah. Um, Christmas Eve, uh, I just got out of surgery. Um, I had surgery on my appendix in part of my colon on uh, December 17th. Um, I was in the hospital four days before the surgery, and for about a week after the surgery, I was got home two days before Christmas Eve. I got home. I got a call <laughs> from my doctor, um, basically telling me that you know um, what they took out of my colon when they had it analyzed that it was cancerous. So if I found out that I had colon cancer. Uh, not the greatest Christmas Eve uh, gift you want, but I mean, it, it, we kind of had a feeling before I went in, and I, and I even told the doctor I was like, listen, I didn't want you to wait till after. Like, I was already, yeah. like, it was already on my mind. Like, it, it is what it is. Like, you know, it's it sucks, but I'd rather know than not know. So I was like, right. so kind of was like, well, I was like, it was weird having to tell, like, family on Christmas, like, hey, like, <laughs> but, um, Everyone's I, been supportive about it. I him, do so. like
1: telling the story that when you had called us into the office to tell us you were explaining, you know, the treatment that you're going to be taking, you said it shouldn't be too, I don't remember if the word was in face if you years, but you said, you know, I'm not going to go bald like Dan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no,
2: I'm keeping my, like I said, I'm keeping my spirits up. i um, just trying to do my regular routines. Um, we are doing an aggressive treatment um, for what I had. Um, so far, everything's working out.
1: Your hair looks great.
2: <laughs> it's still got my full head of hair. Dan's going balder. I'm like still going you know. <laughs> But it's it's you know it's it's interesting to like try to bowl during it like yeah. I, I'm trying to bowl even on my treatment weeks and it's it's just funny to see like the difference on my ball right like. And, I, and like that's the thing I'm trying to remember is like don't change, don't change. Like next week you gotta have strength again. Throw the ball the way you threw it before. And, floor I think and you, you also
1: have to go easy on yourself. And I don't mean that physically. I mean that mentally. I, you can't. I, you can't. If, if you especially on a treatment week when you're trying to bowl a couple of days afterwards, you can't get too down on yourself or discouraged. Just, you know, you got you
2: Like competitive doesn't allow that. Most I, I know, steps, but
1: you but, you got a much bigger competition uh, going on.
2: And I appreciate the community has been, the bowling community has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, Very supportive. You know, can't ask for a better community to be a part of. 100% agree. Um, You know, they've shown great care. Um, I I appreciate the donations that they had set up for me and the community just helping out with that and helping me get through this phase of my life right now. And so far, everything's going, like I said, I'm fighting it. Everything's going good so far. I keep planning on hopefully it'll be the same. But, did I, and did Alfie reach out to you as well? Uh, Alf uh, Frank actually had Alfie uh, reach out to me. He uh, he did. He gave me a donation as well. Um, I haven't had a chance to talk to Alfie personally. I've been trying to get up to uh, one of the tapings for Cato uh, Pen for Cancer, but ironically, between work or yeah. not feeling like, ironically, most of the time it's been on treatment weeks and I've just not felt okay enough to go up. Um I do plan on making the last one no matter what, whether it's <laughs> well, having someone drive me up there, whatever. We have I wanna at, least, thank him personally. at least two more. So, I I, I so just we have make the last sure I get one. There. I, I sent Alfie a letter um, thanking him. I just want to make sure I thank him in person. I'd like to do that to everyone if I possibly can. Um, I've done a pretty good job, luckily, with Friday Pro and stuff. I've been able to see most people and thank them.
1: Yeah. Um, so for, uh, for those who don't know, we do have a GoFundMe for you, Brian, as you brought up. It's a uh, spare few dollars to help Brian. If you go on GoFundMe, I'm sure if you search that, you can find it. Um, we're also doing a, a, we get this podcast dropped before out on the bear, we're doing the 50-50 raffle for a corn so bowl set. Um, and I'll tell you, that was something, um, I know you're not super close with Eddie Florentino, but when you made that announcement, he me- and I, I posted the GoFundMe, not a few days uh, afterward, he messaged me, I think either day over or day after, and said, I want to donate a corn bowl set to do a 50-50 raffle. All the proceeds go directly to Brian. So, twofold: one, buy the tickets because one, Cornwall's a pretty cool game, um, and two, it, it does support Brian. And three, it just shows what, what how big the Candlepin community really is. So, we're going to be we're doing the live draw for that Saturday.
2: Does I try to get him to make a Yankees one, but you know,
1: well, I don't think you're going to win it. I don't want to win it. I just want well, it to be Yankees. one. You just want somebody <laughs> to have to play the Yankees. They're just going to aim for the logo. Brian, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you Gene.
2: guys for having me. I Appreciate it.